an ancestor. He is and has been always faithful. Uh, we do laugh. Um, uh, I call Gemma Moses, and I'm and I'm Aaron, <laughs> because when we go out and outreach, Gemma sings and I talk. <laughs> um, but um, that's what I said tonight when we go out. I was like, she always goes before me and sings, and uh, I'm just thankful for her here tonight. And that is such a touch and pace that she sang. Uh, just over a week ago, uh, Robert, um, I joined Robert, um, he was up in Alice one day doing outreach and I'd joined him for a time and he asked me to come and to share um, what's been going on sort of over the last six months to the year and um, <laughs> to be honest, I have struggled all week because I thought, how can I get up there? Like, I'm literally just after finishing my last bout of chemo and um, normally it's, I'm in bed two weeks solid and it's it's a struggle then for a few weeks um, but here I am tonight and I stand here not on my strength at all, not at all because I couldn't and the first that I will refer to many times as I shared a wee word of testimony is from Second Corinthians 12 and 9, many as know it. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength, that is his strength, is made perfect in weakness. And I'll tell you something here tonight. Physically, I'm very weak. And spiritually, I have been very weak throughout the last six months. But then his strength takes hold and that's the difference when you're a child of God, when you face trials, you're not on it or in it on your own. And I can testify to that tonight. Um, I really, really struggled to put pen to paper for this. I thought, where do I start? And the Lord just kept giving me verses upon verses upon verses. And I thought, really, that is what it's all about. Luke chapter 22, verse 33. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. We as Christians, as we go on this walk, this amazing, exciting, very, very narrow path at times, we live out God's word. It's his word that we live out every single day. And it's his word that keeps us, our strength. And ultimately, Lord, it, it feeds us. And as I went through all these verses, I just says, this is it. I have been living out the word of God. These things that I have read about, these trials, these troubles that I have read about in scripture, I'm actually going through them now. And um, all glory to God for it. And I can honestly say that. It's been, it's been horrific, but it's also been full of joyous moments when I have seen the hand of God working in these situations. Uh, my name's Holly, Holly Parsons, and I am 36 years old. I'm married to my lovely Fermanagh farmer. It's, not, it's hard to beat the Fermanagh then, Bertie, isn't it? Um, married to a farmer from Fermanagh, uh, Brian, and together we have three beautiful children, three gifts from God, they surely are. And um, Toby's 12, Madison's 9, and Jacob is 4. And I'm just going to share briefly how I came to knew the Lord before I can share what has been going on these last few months. Um, as a child, 
I heard the test. I heard the gospel. We were brought to um, a visiting mission that visited Clabby, and Mummy brought us up to it night after night, and it was taken by the late Willie, Willie Honeyman. And it was there that I heard the gospel. That incorruptible seed of the gospel was placed in my heart. And I can still remember the sense of God and their meetings. They were so real to me. God was so real. But I, I didn't get saved, but yet I was so aware of them meetings were completely like nothing that I had ever been in before. It tells us in God's word in Isaiah 55 and 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And it wasn't until January 2014, after a full year, I would say, of seeking the Lord, that I, in my bed at night, called upon him and was gloriously saved. I had tried the whole cisterns of the world, tried them all, and they all failed. And I can tell you now, these last eight years, I've been in probably some horrific situations, but he's never failed me, never once. So I praise God, I'm eight years now saved, and um, my sister Gemma there that was up before you, she was saved um, quite a few years before I got saved, and um, I thank God for her witnessing away to me, and um, I was a hairdresser, and she used to come up to get her hair done, and she'd be talking away about this Jesus, this Jesus, he's wonderful, and she'd be talking about him as if you know, he was as real as her husband was, you know, and I couldn't grasp this, but every time she would have mentioned it, she used to annoy me so much. I just used to, couldn't wait to get her hair done and get her out. And, um, but I thank God she never gave up and she kept asking me to meetings and I started to say yes as I started to question things. So can I encourage you tonight to keep asking when people keep rejecting you, keep asking because you never know what the Lord's doing. Because I didn't, she didn't know I was seeking the Lord, but I was. And I wonder, is there anybody in here tonight that's been seeking? I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that has been questioning the things of God. You know, that's good. Start with a question. Start asking. And start asking the one that can answer them. Start asking the Lord to reveal himself to you. And if you're here tonight, it's because you're seeking, whether you like to admit it or not, you're seeking and I trust tonight that you will meet with the Lord here tonight because he's here. He's here tonight. And I'm going to share sort of two testimonies tonight and why I have this wee woman sitting behind me is because I said to her this morning, you know, Madison, these people in this church have been praying for you as well over the last year and I can't really not share what the miraculous miracle that took place in her life and I says, I'm going to share a wee bit of your testimony. And she goes, what are you sharing at first? Sure, it's mine. So I said, I'll, I'll speak a wee bit on it. But she wants to share her own personal bit of scripture with you tonight. Um, it was around this time last year. We were actually having a mission down in Clabby. And um, we, uh, I remember just leading up to that, we were out all the time doing a lot of outreach, um, going around the whole villages. We were so busy with the kids. We were out nearly every day and before the mission started. And I remember Madison, very tired, very lethargic. And I had um, noticed she had taken quite a few sore throats and I was ringing the doctors. And with COVID and everything, they weren't seeing them, but they were just prescribing antibiotics over the phone. And I was pumping her full of antibiotics, but her throat was never getting any better. And um, she 
she's very energetic girl. I have another sister, Deborah, that's here the night, and I, I say they're very alike. Madison's very much get up, get organized, sort the kitchen out. She's cooking all the time, or she's reading something out. And for her to turn around and be lying on the sofa and have no interest in anything, it just was not her. And then I noticed that her wee throat had started. She had very, very swollen glands. When I eventually got a, an appointment at the doctor's, this is no, she does need Santa. And um, that was the start of her wee journey. Um, we started then, she got to see the consultants, I think it was the June time. And he says, yes, he says, I can feel a lump within her neck. And he says, she'll need a scan. Um, so that was with COVID again, everything was lengthened out. And it wasn't, we didn't get an appointment till the start of August for her scan. But in the midst of this anyway, Madison had took sick again. But I didn't realise that at start because she was lying about, I guess I was lying about quite a bit. And um, and I didn't notice that she was actually, had a really quite a serious infection. And it was taken in her leg. And by the time I had noticed it, and got her to the hospital. They says, you know, this is quite, this is quite, the, this is quite a serious infection. If it had been left any longer, it would have been sepsis. And um, she was rushed in for surgery. And I know here, these were praying away from Madison. And um, I remember the morning that she was taken down into surgery, our own fellowship in Lisnaski. And here we're praying for her at the same time. And they'd refused her surgery twice that morning. And says, if she doesn't go first thing. Um, she mightn't be taken today and already at this point she had been refused about four or five times surgery um, but as you were praying they come in and they took her down to surgery so they did so praise God for prayer and um, God's people praying for each other um, but Madison is a real home bird and um, Whenever she um, was in hospital, she got very anxious. She's really attached to Jacob and her brothers. She sort of looks after them more so than me. And um, she just wanted to get home to them. And I kept trying to comfort her, trying to distract her, but nothing was working. And we took out God's word. And it was the first thing that calmed her. It was the first thing that brought her peace. And we kept reading it and reading it and reading over it until she finally fell asleep. And she wants to read her very special psalm to you now. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Ye though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Thy art with me. Thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me. Thy preparest a table before me in the presence of thine enemies. Thy anointeth my head with oil and the cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 20, 23. <laughs> Thank you, Madison. Um, so yes, um, Madison had her surgery and um, she was left with a very big open wound which needed to be dressed every day. And then after a few months, it was every three days. But we, our house was constantly coming and going with nurses. Um, she had got her scan then at the start of August and 
Unfortunately, they had seen um, a growth on her thyroid. And I remember the doctor um, saying to me, just, and he was just sort of more or less preparing me, he says, listen, he says, all trees start as acorns. He says, this is something. And he says, but we're going to leave it and see the rate of it, the growth. And he says, whether we take a, a biopsy or whether we just go straight in for surgery, they wouldn't decide that until they had left it a few months and then rescanned it. There's nothing like it to get you on your knees is when trials and troubles come, and especially when it's your daughter. And <laughs> crying too early. <laughs> um, but she was so covered in prayer. And I had so many people was praying for her. And as I sought the Lord for her, <laughs> um, I couldn't get past the Lord's prayer. And where he says, thy will be done. And I just kept praying that. I thought, thy will be done. Thy will be done in my daughter's life. And I had to let go of her and place her in, in his hands. Because I couldn't do anything. And that might sound like a terrible place to be, but you know, it's, it's a really good place to be. That you're handing your child over to the only one that can help her. And the greatest, you know, he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows all. He is all. And he's in all. And he was in this situation that I was facing with Madison. And I thank God, um, that she had her faith as well because she took to the word of God. That was her comfort and um, her strength as well. So we waited the scan. The next scan would have been due in October. Well, September, October. Yeah, it was around October time. Her next scan was due. But little did I know, a few weeks after hearing this news, um, that I would be facing yet another storm coming into her home. Yeah. The 1st of September, the kids um, was starting out to school. Toby was starting high school. And Madison was starting P6. And Jacob was starting P1. And I, this is a day that I normally cry anyway because I'm one of those mummies that love having their children at home. I love them being at home. I love their company. And I, I hate when they go back to school in September. And here was my baby going out to P1. And... Um, but this day, what it was tinged with sadness because as I left them to school, I come home and I prepared to go down the Gavin because I had found a lump the previous week and it was red lighted down to, um, down to the hospital. And then Brian, my husband, was at home very sick and his back had went. He was laid up. He couldn't move. He could hardly walk. So daddy was, um, I said to mum, dad, I'll drive myself. And they were like, no, you're not. Daddy's taking you. And we headed down the road after I left the kids off for school. And um, the Lord knew what I needed that day. Daddy, me dad, got saved um, a few years after I got saved. And Daddy's a bit like myself. From I got saved, all I talk about is the Lord. All I want to hear about is the Lord. And um, as we headed down the road, we just talked about the things of God. And um, that's what I needed that day. I just needed to be in that company but as we pulled into Alton Gavin I was a bit lost and a bit had never really been to the hospital we pulled up to the cancer centre 
And I says to Daddy, I says, I, I was going to a different end of it, and I says, I hope I never have to go there. But unfortunately, that was not the road that I was to take because I was going to be there quite a bit over the next six months. And this is whenever the rubber hits the road, so to speak. Um, and it tells us in Hebrews 6 and 19, we were singing this this morning in a church about the anchor of your soul. And the anchor of my soul is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have such such a hope and such a, such a security in him, especially when you hear of the word cancer, because cancer can and will take life. But my soul belongs to the Lord. And I have assurance of my salvation in him. Because eight years ago, as I said, his blood washed me white as snow. He cleansed me from all unrighteousness. He's clothed me in his righteousness the night. And I will be able to stand before God all because of him. And I deserve none of it. You see, there's a worse cancer. And I'm sure many of you here tonight have it. There's the cancer of sin. And you see, it tells us in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. I never knew, I never really understood that. I would have heard ministers or preachers say that when I wasn't saved. And I just thought, what does that mean? But just think of it as this. The wages of sin. You're paid for your sin. We're all born in sin. Every single one of us is born in sin. And if you die in your sin, you're paid the wages of it. And then wages is death. That's so morbid. That's so sad. But the next part of that verse is amazing. But one of those blessed buts. I love, I love talking about the blessed buts in the Bible. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. You see, if I was to die with my cancer, I die with the Lord. So would I. He will go with me. I have Christ and I will not have to face death because I have eternal life in him. And what a hope. Do you have that hope here tonight? I pray you do. And if you don't, don't go out the door without him. Because we to tell you, it doesn't matter, saved or unsaved, we're all going to face those horrific trials in life. They'll come to every one of us. But I stand here tonight facing it with the Lord as my anchor. I couldn't stand here tonight in my own strength, we to tell you. I cry. I've cried all week. I can't believe I haven't just been bawling from I got up here. But it's because of the strength of the Lord that I'm able to do so. So I had been diagnosed anyway. Um, I come out, I remember Daddy waiting outside for me. And that was the hardest bit, coming out and having to tell my family that I have cancer. Because I knew it was gonna, it's going gonna, it's gonna to just change so much in my whole family's life. We're a very, very close family. And my brother and my sisters are here tonight. And my brother's-in-law and nieces and nephews and all that. I have a great I have a great family support. And that broke my heart to go home and tell them that I had cancer. But again, the grace of God and his strength was working in me already. Because I remember coming home and it was a nice day. I remember looking up at the at the sky and I says, Lord, you brought me to this point. So you have, you knew this was going to happen today. Help me. Just help me. It was just that plain, simple prayers just to help me. Um, 
tells us in Job 23, but he knoweth the way that I take, and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. What a lovely verse. And that was from Job, the man that has suffered so much. He lost his children, he lost his business, he lost everything, but yet he never lost his Lord. He never lost his faith and trust in his Saviour. So I had to come home and tell my family, which was very hard, and the, the, it was extremely hard to come home and tell Brian because we had had a really hard year because Brian's daddy had cancer and his mummy was, was going through chemo at this point. And I just thought, how can I go home and tell him that his wife... No, he has cancer. I just thought it's too much, too much to bear. But we did. I prayed for him down the road. And I prayed the Lord would help him. Because it, it has been, or it was a really, really tough year. And um, it was tough watching his parents go through it. Never mind having now to watch me go through it as well. Um, I didn't know at this point what type of cancer I had. You're, you're just told it there on the day. They take samples and then you have to go back the following week to, um, to give your diagnosis what type of cancer it is and the treatment and so forth. So I come home and I just thought, I just want to sort of try and have a normal week. We're not going to tell the kids because I don't know the course of treatment and um, as yet. So I just tried to have sort of a normal week and um but as I told me pastor and I started to tell my brothers and sisters in the Lord I they're just like a they're just like you're you're an army and your cadets come running around you they just want to take you they want to come around you and protect you and my pastor was just like right he says we need to go to scripture we're we're going to come and we're going to do as the Lord commands or says so we contacted Bertie here on the Saturday, um, Bertie and Robert and Pastor and Matthew came out and um, as they say in James, it tells us, is any sick among you, come out and let them pray over you, anointing you with oil and um, in the name of the Lord. And they come out and we had a lovely afternoon. Um, there was a real presence of God in the home and we broke out into a spirit of praise and we brought Madison in too, who was still going through her trial too, and they anointed her and prayed over her. And I can honestly say from that day that I've seen a change in my daughter from that very day. I was sitting cutting carrots that week for dinner one evening. And as I was sitting, I was standing cutting the carrots in the kitchen. The Lord spoke into my spirit, thou shall recover. And... Someone say, how do you know it was the Lord speaking to you? You know when the Lord speaks to you. So you do. And the Lord told me I should recover. And I didn't know. I was like, I needed scripture to back that up. So I went and I looked up Mark 16, 18. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And as I was heading in for um, chemo, this would really come into play because chemo is poison. It, it literally is. It's just enough poison, as I say, not to kill you. Um, 
and I was about to feel the effects of it. But I've clung on to that, that the Lord told me that I shall recover. Because there's many times that I felt I was dying, and there's times that I wanted to die. And as I went down then for my results, I was told that I had probably the worst form of breast cancer that there was. It was highly aggressive. And I knew that. This might sound weird, but I could feel it growing. I could feel it. It's so, it's, it's such a, it's such an evil thing. It's not off the Lord. We had to tell you, cancer, sickness is not off the Lord, but He permits it. And He permits it for His will and for His ways. The cancer was aggressive and it was stage three. It was too big. I just wanted to get in and get operated and get out of the way. I just wanted this cancer out of my body. And um, this is no, listen, we'll not touch you. We'll not touch you. It's too big. It's too dangerous if we operate with this cancer, how aggressive it is and the size of it. Um, it, it would be too dangerous. So we need to start chemo straight away. And I didn't want I had that... I didn't want to hear. I just really, I don't know why I wanted the operation first. So I had to get my head around that. And they says, listen, we need to start chemo as soon as we can, which we did. I have great family in the Lord. And many here tonight are part of a, a prayer and fasting group that my sister set up. No one that I had needed, I had need that support in behind me. We had to tell you, if somebody is sick in your church, you come in behind them and you pray for them. You keep their hands, you be like, you keep their hands lifted. Don't let them down. Keep them pray. Keep praying for them. Because I was about to enter into a really dark valley and I needed that prayer support. Um, as I went for my first chemo, um, I remember going in and I really wanted it, I just wanted to get it started and um, to get on with this journey of chemotherapy started and finished. And as I went in for my first chemotherapy, um, the girl started, it's, it's, it's a big tube about this size, and it's full of red stuff. It looks like something you put in a car. And um, I sat there and I, says, I started to pray. I had my Bible opened. I had praise music ready to sit and listen to it and I, I was I didn't I says I'm not even gonna look at it, I'm just gonna concentrate on the Lord and I started to pray as it went in my arm and as soon as it went in my arm I knew something wasn't right and I started my hands going and my feet were going and I started to sweat and I just says I felt really, really on my own and the girl goes, Me all right, she says I says, I think so, but I'm not determined of a person. Um I should have really told her there and then I'm not well, but um, she stopped for a minute and then she says, we'll try again. And at that point, I can remember nothing else. She'd went to go in again. My body took a severe reaction to the chemo and it started to shut down. And she says that actually, I can remember actually, all I can hear was, she says, all's coming back out of her. My veins started to collapse I had passed out and it wasn't until they put oxygen on me that I realised I wasn't even breathing. I had completely flatlined. They had to give me a shot of adrenaline to get me to come round and a pile of other drugs. And um, I just remember waking up and Brian being in an awful way beside me. And I was really, really physically not well. And I thought to myself, how, how on earth, what's the next step for this? How on earth am I going to be fit to get chemo? If, um, if this is the way I'm going to react. 
Well, the long and the short of it is I was pumped full of steroids for the last six months and um, I was fit to get the chemo. The chemo um, is a horrific journey for anybody, I'm sure. I know there's another sister in here we were talking through the week and it is a horrific journey um, that it's on. But I sought the Lord and I kept saying, Lord, you know, I know you can heal. I know you could heal me right away, Lord, you know. And there's many times I says, why won't you do it? I'm just being honest with you. I just says, why won't you heal me? I know you can heal me, Lord. But when we go back to that first in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, he says, my grace is sufficient. And it is. And it wasn't until I started going through my journey and I started meeting people. You're sitting in a ward where you're sitting side by side. Somebody in the chemo ward, it's all very open and you're fit to talk to everybody. And I'm sitting beside maybe somebody on this side that is in for chemotherapy with maybe only a few months. They're just in to get a wee bit of chemotherapy to give them that wee bit extra time. And, you know, what an opportunity to share the Lord with this person. I was in at Christmas time and we have a, a wee, our, our mission hall in Clavy. We done a, a wee CD with the gospel on it. And I was fit to go around all the nurses and was fit to go around all the patients that were there and give them this hope, this amazing gospel that is the power of God on salvation. A lot of these people that I was meeting are soon going to die. We're all going to soon die. Listen, it's, it's, it's inevitable for all of us. But I had an opportunity to be fit to share the gospel with these people. And uh, I thank God for that. I met so many wonderful people and the nurses and everything are lovely. But I was fit to sit and witness to them. And a girl asked me, she, of sitting, giving me chemotherapy on it. She goes, what's that? I goes, that's the Bible. She says, I've never seen one of those. Can you imagine in this day and age, somebody has never seen a Bible? People that I haven't seen for years were starting to come and call to see me at the house, people I went to college with. And many of them, I'm always sitting with the Bible open. And um, a girl came to visit me one day and she goes, what's that there? And I goes, that's the Bible. She goes, you know, I've never seen one of those. She said, let me see it. And she took it and she was flicking through it. And she goes, I couldn't understand any of that. And I says, have you ever read any of them? Any bits of scripture? She goes, no. I says, do you know any scripture? She goes, no. And I sat and I read till her scripture for about an hour. And I thought, what an opportunity. You know, this is the word of God. This, this word of God could save that girl's soul. Such opportunities. And I, as I could see, all these opportunities that was coming up through going through this trial... Um, and I'm still going through it. I'm still in the midst of it. But I'm going to go back to Madison now just for a wee minute because I'm still waiting on the Lord. And it's a wonderful thing to do to wait on the Lord. And um, I'm still in that situation. But Madison had a miracle. And, and she went for her scan. When she went back for her scan in October... There was much prayer, there was much fasting done for Madison. And when she went in, there was nothing to be found. There was nothing there. The growth. And you know when they, a doctor can't explain something, they quickly just write, okay, it's not there, I just go. He couldn't give me an answer, he couldn't understand it. It was simply right, well, it's not there, away you go. And I'm sure he went back and he looked at his notes after we left to see had he made a mistake when she was first in. 
Madison was healed. And Madison has come back to the girl, the wee girl that I know and love. And that is a miracle. The Lord can heal. It'll tell you the Lord can heal. But the Lord too can choose to just say, hold on a minute here. I have a purpose in this. And you'll do my will. And when I was looking back on my prayers and I was praying for Madison, I will be done. That's as much of my life here at the minute. Thy will be done. I want the will of the Lord to be done in my life. I have no fear of death. You see, over the last sort of year or so, we've had a church that's very fearful when they shouldn't be fearful. And somebody had said to me today, some one, one day, they come to me, somebody who's not saved, and they says, see you Christians, why are you running about so afraid to die? thought heaven's great. And you know what a testimony that is to the lost. I said, that's not a very good testimony. You see, I'm not afraid to die, and I'll stand here tonight and say it. When I was, I felt like I was dying that day on the chair when I first got my chemotherapy. I, I felt like I was dying. I never thought of my children. This might sound terrible. I never thought of my children. I never thought of my husband. I never thought about anybody. I just thought about the Lord. And I just thought about his presence. And I had no fear. I had no worry. If I was going to die, I was going to die. But here I am today to testify unto the goodness of God. Um, I'm so thankful tonight. I just, I really do need to give thanks unto the Lord for my family tonight. They have been amazing. If any mums are here tonight, you know, I was coming down the road after I was told that I had aggressive cancer and that this was going to be a really, uh, a really, intense journey I thought I do three loads of washing a day I was like who's going to do that how am I going to cope with three children we're lambing now we're calving and I just thought this this how is this going to be but the Lord has given me a great mummy and daddy great sisters I remember after my first chemotherapy and but you get chemo on a Thursday and by the time you get to Sunday you're in hell. There's no other way to put it. It's like, it is, it is hell. And I remember Madison couldn't have a bath because of her operation and I used to have to wash her hair at the sink. And I remember sitting there on a Sunday night going, I need to wash her hair. And I couldn't even get up off the chair. And in walked my sister Deborah. And she, she says, I just thought I'd pop in. You know, see, the Lord sorts these wee things out for you. They might seem like a very small thing, but for a mummy to wash your child's hair is a big thing and to get them ready for school the next day. Um, Deborah came in and got her hair washed and sorted because I wasn't fit to do anything. Uh, mummy would have come over and cleaned, and she still does clean and does me ironing. We always had odd socks in our house, but we don't know. Um, and, uh, but there was sometimes it was really hard to hide from mum and dad. Like, they're my mum and dad. And it was hard for them to watch. And I remember one day it being particularly bad that I couldn't walk. And, but I got down the stairs before mummy came. And I suffered it out all day because I didn't want her to see me. The state I was in. But she left. And I remember going up the stairs. And all I could think of was the Lord. And I want to finish with the Lord tonight. When I was going up those stairs, 
It affects your feet really bad, chemotherapy. And my feet was blistered. And I was trying to get up the stairs before anybody else came in after mum had left. And I was trying to get up the stairs. But all I could think of was the Lord carrying that cross. And he was beaten. And he was bruised. And he was whipped. And he had thorns. Like thorns put into his brow. And he went up that hill for you. You're lost tonight, you're sin. You might look at me and think, oh, she's no hair, there's no eyelashes, she's an awful mess. But we'd tell you, if you're here tonight and you're in your sin, you're an awful mess. You need to get right with the Lord tonight. The Lord is coming back. I can't wait for him to come. But I want my family, I want my friends, I want everyone of you here tonight to be with me in glory. Because what I've suffered over the last six months, if it was a taste of what hell is like, I wouldn't nobody to be there. Not one of you. Come to the Lord tonight. Be saved. I have one wee bit of scripture. Um, I don't know why I wrote notes, I haven't stuck with them. Uh, just finished with Isaiah 41 and 29 to 31. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. There you go again, he gives him strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall, but, but, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. I'm still waiting upon the Lord. So I am tonight. What a promise. And you know, the promises of God is for each one of you that believe in the Lord here tonight. And these promises can be for you too that are still in your sin. Come to the Lord tonight. God bless you. Thank you.